Hello, welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. Paul Barry is currently on vacation while he's watching his Nets in the final. Oh, that's right, they're not. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so the finals has been set. The Bucks defeated the Hawks in six. The Suns defeated the Clippers in six. And here we are. The Suns against the Bucks NBA Finals. Thankfully, Giannis is not too injured and will play, we all assume. Um, maybe even as soon as game one. Uh, so, this is a very interesting finals. You know, it's different, obviously, that two small market teams. Uh, a lot of, a very interesting in how these two teams are built, how these two teams are coached. Uh, you got, you know, Monty Williams, the Suns, kind of the overachievers, Booker, Chris Paul, great roster, depth-wise, up and down. You got the Bucks who don't have the depth, I don't think the Suns do, but you obviously got Giannis, it looks like he's going to play. We'll see how healthy he is i'm gonna bet he's gonna be like 70 80 percent personally and yeah. uh chris middleton drew holiday who, who have been up and down in these playoffs but when the game has been its biggest they've stepped up and really the unsung hero brooke lopez in my opinion been who's been their second best player of these playoffs and of course guys like Connaughton and Bryn forbes and the Suns, guys like tory craig jay crowder mccall bridges Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis Portis forgot about the GOAT. (laughs) Bobby Portis. Um, So uh, we're also talking about the coaching hires a little bit. Obviously, I I called it. I mean, not that it was a big surprise. Udoka got hired by the Celtics, as they also hired uh, James Bond villain, a.k.a. John (laughs) Kreese from Karate Kid, Will Hardy as assistant. Sweep the legs. (laughs) Sweep the legs, as you said today. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is John Curry from Karate Kid, I'm telling you. Uh, also, the, with obviously the controversy with Chauncey Billups in Portland and how that could affect the Damian Lillard situation. Uh, we got open jobs with the Pelicans, the Wizards. Um, I, I think I'm forgetting somebody, right? Didn't someone else get hired, too? I think there's a third coach that I'm forgetting. Did oh, Jason get hired? the Mavs. Oh, yeah. God. Terrible. Boo! Uh, anyway, <laughs> so... Um, a lot of moving parts. So let's start with the finals. Um, so this one could go either way, I think. It, it, it's really, to me, it comes down to two things. Number one, how healthy is Giannis? If Giannis is healthy, if Giannis is like 80%, 90%, he might be the best player in the series still. The second thing is, but if he's not, then he's not going to be. It'd probably be Booker or Chris Paul. Uh, the second thing is is um, is coaching and Boonholz versus Monty because we all agree Monty's a better coach, but mm-hmm. will the difference be big enough? Uh, so I had a lot of trouble predicting this one, but I'm going to say the Suns in six, and here's why I'm saying that. Number one, I don't think Giannis is going to be 100%. I, I think he, he's, he's going to feel his knee a little bit. And for a guy like him that needs the athleticism, et cetera, like, it, it's going to affect him. Uh, number two, I think the Suns have the defenders for the Bucks. Like their matchups are great if you look at it. You got Jay Crowder on Giannis, who's a little undersized, but they'll play, you know, kind of like gang tackling in the NFL. You'll have gang yeah. defense swarming the ball. The Suns have great are great at that. Um, and they got a bunch of guys behind them with Bridges, Craig, guys like that who could step up and guard them. 
I think Brooke Lopez on Aiton is a phenomenal matchup, but I actually think Aiton's a little better. I really like Brooke Lopez, but I think Aiton is a bad matchup for him because I think Aiton can exploit his flaws. Um, and I think because I think he really just does what Brooke does outside of shooting and does it better. Um, I think the Bucks are going to have a lot of trouble guarding Devin Booker. I think Booker is someone – I get it, they have the length to guard him, but they got to make a choice here where do you put Drew on Chris Paul, which is what I think they're going to do, or do you put Drew on Booker? And if they put Drew on Booker, they might be able to slow him down. But then Chris Paul and Middleton, I mean, Middleton's got the length, but that's a mismatch. Um, I think the coaching advantage is huge in favor of the Suns. Um, and I think they have the wing defenders for Middleton, Giannis, like I mentioned. I think Holiday, you could put CP3 on him. CP3, at his best, is a great defender. I just really like the Suns team. Like I said, I've liked them since the beginning of the year. I've been really impressed by them. I think their roster is great. I absolutely think the Bucs can win the series if Giannis plays out of his mind and Booker and CP3, the spotlight's a little too big. The Suns never really been there before. It might be that. We, it's possible. It hasn't really been up to this point. Um, I think, but I think the Suns are just, I think beyond its health, and I just think the Suns are just too good. Um, and, oh, I for, forgot to mention too, very good mm-hmm. seasons for the Clippers, for the Hawks. Um, yes. The Hawks, the Hawks, but they got tough decisions. I mean, you, I would assume Kawhi is going to stay. I don't see any reason he would leave at this point. Um, but we said that last time with the Raptors and he left, so I don't know. Um, but the Clippers got, they got to make some improvements. Their roster is still very good. Tyler's still a good coach, but they got to like, you know, you got to look up and down. You got to maybe move on from Pat Beverly. Um, maybe yeah, maybe Paul George. Paul, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he played, he, he did show. He played but, much better this year. Yeah. Yeah. Point. He still had his chokes, but overall body of work was better for sure. Um, Maybe move on from a guy like Kennard too, who is kind of in and out of the rotation. I said, I said it. Papev and Luke Kennard for Kemba makes a lot of sense for them, but I'm not. I mean, this is when we were trying to unload him. You know, the Celtics were trying to unload him, and mm-hmm. now we got. But we already did. We already got Al Horford and the pit and gave up the pick and got Moses Brown. So that that's kind of moved, but. I could see if they give up a pick or two, Sam Presley, you know how he is picks. Um, yeah. And quickly well, on the Hawks. Do the, Clippers, do the Clippers even have any picks left, though, from those trades? No, they basically have none. Um, Reggie Jackson, too, they got to keep him. That's got to be tough. I mean, he played so well this postseason. Uh, I, I kind of want him on the Celtics selfishly, but I doubt we're going to have the money for him. And, and I mean, he, he did play Boston College. But, um, yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's, it's like it, it's good season for the Clippers. You just figure you re-sign Kawhi, run it back mostly. Like I guess I maybe move on from Kennard, Beverly. Um, and, you know, on the Hawks' perspective, I mean, they really don't have to do much. I mean, the really only the huge question for them, and to be fair, it is a very big question. Trey Young gets the max, no question. That, that's set in stone. Trey Young, phenomenal playoffs. Ran out of gas at the end. Deserves immense respect. Love Gallinari to death. <laughs> he's one of my favorite players because he's like a 50-year-old man trapped in a 30-year-old body. <laughs> the way he moves. But, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, John Collins is a major question mark. Oh, um, I think 
I think the point you're going to make, yeah, this is kind of what I feel like the Hawks is like, is this their window, though? Like, just yeah, like second, second round conference finals. Like, do you really envision them being like a championship threat with this the roster? John decision is tough. Like, I mean, do you, yeah. you're going to want a max, you'd figure. Like, he, it's a he's a good call. He's a good player, but he's not worth the max, in my opinion. No, he's not. But the question is, will another team give it? I could see the Spurs. Someone said the Spurs could renounce all their free agents, like DeRozan mm-hmm. Mills. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to bring them back anyway. Mm-hmm. And then just try to sign him. I would totally see that. Um, it's a tough call. I mean, it, it, the Hawks and the Clippers um, are kind of in a tough spot, you know. Well, but they're they're in a good spot, but they're not a tough. Like, like you said, I I could see the Hawks regressing a lot next year. Yeah, and but, I mean, listen, listen, uh, Nick. I mean, we could also say like it's it's very unlikely that Kawhi leaves, but if he does, then the Clippers are kind of fucked because they have no picks, and they're going to basically be stuck with that roster. <laughs> so True. They, so they have to do everything in their power to make sure Kawhi stays. And, you know, like we said, we don't know what these players, you know. Very unpredictable. Kawhi especially is very under, unpredictable. Yes. yes. No one really knows but him. But, I mean, we all assume, everyone assumes he's going to, to stay because he left the title team for the Clippers. But who knows? Maybe the medical staff issues are there, and he leaves. I, like you said, he could leave for the Knicks. He could leave for the Heat. The Mavs. He might go to the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I could. So the please don't go to the Mavericks. I mean, listen. If he wants to be coached by Jason Kidd over Tyloo, he's an idiot. So uh, that's all. I, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but um, and, and it's funny. I hated on Tyloo for so long, but he really is a legitimate coach now. You could totally see it. Um, but. Yeah, no, like the Hawks, like their payroll is about to get bad. I mean, Trey's ma- not this upcoming season. This upcoming season is going to be fine. But guys like Hunter and Reddish are up for an extension soon. Trey's extension will kick in next year. Um, they got Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Is, I, I think if they keep Collins, a trade of Gallinari is pretty inevitable. But um, What do you get for Gallinari, though? I don't know. I don't think it will be this summer. I just think... Here's what's going to happen with the Hawks, right? It's going to be simple. I think they're going to pay Collins. I think they're going to run it back. A year after, then the mm-hmm. tough decisions come. They better replicate this or close up because if not, if you're a first-round exit, you can't justify paying the tax or like deep into the tax for a team like this, which they're going to be unless they make moves. So it's right. a tough call. Um, they and. And with the Clippers, it's kind of different. It's with the Clippers, like, you just – you feel like with the Clippers, when they're healthy, are a championship contender. So, like, you just got to run it back and then try again. Maybe maybe move Kennard and Beverly. But that's it. Um, but the Hawks are kind of in a weird spot. I mean, do you have it? I mean, that, that's all. The college question is really the tough one. Right. I mean, listen, you know – if you're the Hawks, you'd probably take a season like this, right? <laughs> yeah. You freaking, you freaking beat the Knicks. You beat the, you destroy, you, you know, destroy the choking Sixers, and you get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's great momentum to build you into next year. So they're in a good spot. They just have to execute properly. And um, you know, if you're the Clippers, you just gotta hope and pray to God that Kawhi stays, because if he doesn't, then you are really, really royally screwed. Um, but. But you know what, like, this is kind of the dangerous thing about the NBA, Nick, is, like, if you don't have the guy, you might be stuck with, like, a roster like the Hawks, where, like, I think Trey Young is a great player, 
He's definitely going to be top 10 in a couple of years, top five maybe. But with their roster, I just don't envision them still winning. And it's like, you're going to have to pay him. And then it's like, what do you do with that roster? It's definitely possible that down the line, you see, even next year, like like we've seen with the NBA, someone, it's kind of a BS argument that, oh, it's all building and it's once in, like, it all builds, and then one season, boom, it just all happens, right? That doesn't always happen. No, no, no. Right? Like, like you saw with the Knicks this year, for example. They were just lightning in a bottle, and things work. Same with the Hawks. Like, you got to build the right team, get the right luck. It's a lot of stuff over the course of a season. A lot of teams that, you know, have down years one year, like the Sixers last year, have better years this year. You got to, like, the Hawks can't. Like I would run it back, but there is a chance. Like like this year's Celtics, like they have to take a pretty big step back. It, it, it's not nothing's consistent in the NBA anymore. So right. if you're the Clippers, you generally think that bringing this team back will be a championship contender because if they had Kawhi, you can make a very good argument they would have beaten the Suns. But the the but the um the Hawks, like they're like you said, they're kind of in a weird spot. Like. Do you feel like this is their ceiling if you're the Hawks, like your your GM owner, or and then you pay Collins and then you don't pay Collins, excuse me? Or do you feel like it's your um or do you feel like it's gonna be the like window. in a few years? Yeah, yeah, like like this is the window, it, it's kind of closed. No, not not closed. That's not that's it's not opening. It, it, yeah, the point is you need to do something different. It's a tough call. Um, all right, back to the finals. Christian, so I have sons at six. What would you say about the series? Okay, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, this is the dream final scenario for every NBA fan. Now, for the league, on the other hand, they're crying themselves to sleep <laughs> at the fact that two small market teams are in the NBA finals. Um, and I want to throw out, I want to throw out a crazy stat that I saw today. The Suns are the first team in the history of the NBA to make it to the finals previously having a 10 plus year drought of not making the playoffs. Wow. So that just shows you that just shows you how impressive their run to the finals is. And you know, both of these teams had uh they they had tough they had tough routes to the finals, right? You look at the Suns, they have to beat the world champion Lakers and you know people are going to throw the excuse of injuries, doesn't matter, still playing against AD and LeBron, they beat them. Then they played the Nuggets. Again, still a very good team, even though they're without Jamal Murray. They still ended up beating them. And then they go and beat the Clippers. And again, Kawhi's injured and whatnot. But again, that's still a very good team. And you look at the Bucs, and the Bucs handled Miami, who swept them last year. Then they beat the favorites in like 98% of everybody's minds in the Nets. And then they go and they beat this Atlanta team, which had, which was hot. And sometimes hot teams can, you know, beat you, even though uh, you're better than them. So. You want to know what I said real quick? You know what I yes. said about, I think my brother said it best about this, this year's Hawks. They're kind of like last year's Heat. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities in how they shoot, kind of the attitude they had, like us against no the world. No pressure on them. Exactly. No pressure yeah. on them. So that's, and, and that's a dangerous thing. And like, especially in the NFL, you look at, you look at previous Super Bowl winners, you know, like the Ravens back the Ravens back in like 2012, the Giants were 9-7. and seven. They don't go on a hot streak and win the Super Bowl, you know? Obviously, it's two different sports, but I think that like the hot team can still beat the best team 
regardless about the sport, regardless. Very impressive for both of these teams to get there. They dealt with injuries. They dealt with a lot of the COVID stuff, but they're here now. And it's just great that we don't have a predictable finals, which I think has been the crutch and the thing that sucks about the league the last couple of years, probably the last decade. So this is very refreshing. And it's also refreshing because you have two really young up-and-coming stars. Giannis is already a star, obviously. And you have Devin Booker on the Suns. It's just very nice to see this. And hopefully this is what the league will be in the next couple of years. It's not going to be the same teams over and over being in the finals. There is going to be a purpose to building teams and struggling. You know, the Bucks were a terrible team for a decade before they got Giannis and built it up. The Suns, I previously just mentioned, it took them 10 years to get to the finals, but they finally fucking did, and they are there. And there's a lot of, like, stories. There's a lot of storylines that are interesting. I mean, the biggest one for me, though, is Chris Paul, after 16 years, is finally in the NBA Finals. He made it, finally. Uh, 16 years of losing in the first round, getting injured in the finals, coming up short. It's amazing to see that. And... I hope it's a great series. I hope it's fun. And, you know, for me, I look at it this way. Nick, I really agree with a lot of your points. Like, for instance, with Giannis, the Suns have the depth to guard him. Like, you can throw you could throw Burgess at him. You can throw Crowder at him. You could throw Crawford at him. Uh, Torrey Craig at him, excuse me. Uh, hell, you, you're going to probably wall him. I think Aiden can switch pretty well on him. And, and, uh, the Suns are just clicking on all cylinders right now, especially CP and Devin Booker. They're playing out of their goddamn minds. So it's going to be very hard for the Bucks to, like, stop those guys. And especially knowing CP3, knowing that it took him 16 years to get here, I'm expecting him to play the best basketball of his career because this might be his only chance. This might be his last shot of winning a championship. And this is probably the most important championship or Chris Paul, because this either, obviously he's a Hall of Fame point guard, one of the greatest guards to ever play in the league. But when he retires, if he doesn't win, people are going to say, you know, oh, he was great, but he was great, but. So <laughs> there's a lot riding on the line for CP3 right now. Um, but looking at it from like the, the, the matchup, I, although the Suns just can beat the holy hell out of you from offensively. They have great defense. They have great defense. They play really great. They play really hard and really gritty. I just look at the Bucks and I just, I don't know, something about the Bucks. I just think that comparing the stars, like CP, Devin Booker, and Aiden are great. Their big three is great. But I feel like Drew, Chris Middleton, and Giannis are a little better than them. And maybe that's just me being crazy. And yeah, Giannis is hurt, and he might not be a full 100%, but I still just think that the Bucks just are slightly better than the Suns. And I think that the Bucks are going to win this in seven. I just think that Giannis... Like, my main thing, and you made this point, Nick, although the Bucks haven't been to the final either, they've still been in more playoff series They've like Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooklyn, they've all been a part of playoff runs. Yeah. Exactly. So I just think that they're gonna they're gonna 
play better in those spots versus a Chris Paul, who obviously a Hall of Fame player, but he's never been to the finals, so we don't know what he's going to do. And same with Devin Booker and Jay Crowder and all those guys. And I think at the end of the day, what the biggest thing, the biggest, the biggest difference in the series is going to be the others, as Shaq mentions. Because you know Devin Booker is going to be double teamed. Giannis is going to be double teamed. CP is going to get double teamed here and there. Can Michael Bridges, can Jay Crowder hit big threes? Can they hit big open shots? Can Brooke Lopez hit an open shot? Can BJ Tucker hit an open shot? Whoever hits those shots, whoever can hit those important shots when you need them to, I think is going to give the edge to, the, to that team. And I just feel like the Bucks are going to do that. I don't know if the Suns can. So I'm going to say the Bucks in seven. And I just hope it's a good series, man. I, you know, I'm happy with whoever wins. I have no beefs here. And uh, I'm just happy with the goddamn series, man, honestly. So I just saw something that um, they're trying to make uh, the Celtics are interested in Landry Fields as being our GM. Like says under Brad, which is okay. <laughs> Already Interesting. then. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the GM of the Toronto G League team. And if people don't know who Landry Fields is, right. Assistant GM. Right. Landry Fields is the former Knicks player. And yeah. What so, happened? Uh, Why? I'm on the phone, silly. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just had my nieces run in here. But um, yeah, Landry Fields, that's interesting for Boston. Yeah, they said uh, Jake Fisher. So as far as I know, he's not the most reliable. But he said, according to Jake Fisher, Hawks assistant GM Landry Fields remains the top choice of Celtics president. God, still weird to say president Brad Stevens at team ownership for the GM job. According to him, uh, the Hawks keep Landry Fields by promoting him internally. I believe Celtics vice president of player development Allison Feaster would be the front runner for Boston's GM job. She was the only person with team ownership at Steve and Stevens at UW this final interview. I know who she is, but I don't really know much about her. That's all I'm going to say on that. If she gets the job, I'll power to her. It's kind of true that we don't really have a GM under him right now. But uh, Mike Zarin, uh, who this guy, so to, a lot of people uh, don't know this, but Mike Zarin is, uh, I've been Danny Ainge's assistant GM for uh, a long time. And he is amazing at the cap, like the cap, uh, cap like just managing sour cap. Mm-hmm. But I, he seems very disorganized because this guy was considered to be like the future GM for years, and then he didn't get the job. What does that say? You know, yeah, like, yikes. Yeah, like that, that tells you. But I mean, he, I'm not sure he's ever going to leave. I mean, he's apparently a diehard C-span. Sorry, off topic there. Uh, from the finals, but I just saw. It. I thought that was pretty interesting. That well, no, because Landry I can feels like where yeah, does Landry was. Fields come from? Very random. But that will transition us into the head coaching vacancies that have been filled. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I mean, so, Boston did fill right. that void. So we hired uh, Ime Udoka. So my thoughts on I said on the last pod I thought we were going to hire him. There were a lot of indications that we were going to hire him, and we did. And um, the more I read about him, the more excited I am. But again, he's got, he's got to prove it on the court. But he definitely seems like a guy that's hungry, you know, that, that has been with the Jays before. I, I, for, I, I didn't realize he was with them a few years ago. 
on Team USA. Really? Oh. So he knows that, that's to me the biggest reason he got the job because Tatum and Brown and Smart all vouched for him. So I think once that happened, I mean, you got to listen to your players. So, and, and if you read about Albu Adam, he seems very smart. I mean, he's been interviewing for a lot of jobs. You work under Pop as long as he did. You have to think he learned a lot. Then again, Boone Holzer was under Pop too and Brett Brown. But uh, listen, he seems like very much a leader of men type. He seems mm-hmm. like a guy players do like. And, and he's different than Brad in that he definitely seems tougher. Um, but he's just got to prove it on the court, but it definitely seems like a lot of excitement. I love, I love his choice of Will Hardy as an assistant. I thought that was great. I, the more I read about Will Hardy, as much as I make fun of him, he does seem like a rising star. I read a story, actually, Christian speaking of the Knicks, that when they were having their interviews last year and he interviewed for the Knicks, that he had a great interview for them. So mm-hmm. I doubt he's going to be here very long. Uh, but I do like that. I love the Damon Stoudemire idea I saw from Woj that they said that we're targeting him. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be cool because he seemed, he was, uh, Damon Stoudemire in NBA Live was amazing. So, <laughs> so I kind of want him just for that. Um, but yeah, no, like, listen, there's a lot of excitement with the C's. You know, this off season, you look around. I was walking around with a Celtics t-shirt in Cambridge yesterday, and a dude pointed at me and said, pointed at the shirt and said, next year, man. And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, but but there's a lot of excitement with this hire. You know, there's a lot of belief that next that last year's in the past. They got to go out and prove it. They had that, Christian, as I told you, that it was a great photo, but it was staged, you could tell, but it was a great photo. Of uh, Brad and like email, like yeah, we're scheming for championships <laughs> and all that. But look, like, listen, the reality is the Celtics have to be much better this year, bar none. You know, it's all about keeping Brown and Tatum, unless we trade one of them. I doubt it, but you know, you never know. Um, and you can't do that by losing. Now, luckily, it seems like seems like we're in a much better spot with Tatum than like the Mavs are with Luca and the Pelicans are with Zion. But still, you got to convince these guys it's worth staying here. We've talked about the Bradley Beal thing a little bit and how it seems pretty obvious the Celtics are going to try to go after him. I've Like I've told you before, I'm not even going to pretend to try and speculate about that. I do know that Beal and Tatum have been basically friends, like BFFs since birth. And... They like they literally they grew up together. I mean, Beal babysat him. But again, I'm still not going to speculate about our chances of getting Beal. I have no clue. I don't think any of us do, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, like it's a it seems like a good hire. I'm, I'm happy with it. Like it seems like a guy that you know. And like I said, one thing I was worried about because I it seems like it was down to him or Chauncey Phillips. One thing I was worried about with Chauncey Billups is the rape allegation and the PR that was going to come with that. And he may, you know, it's clean. I mean, he married me along, man. That That's pretty fucking impressive. And so, yeah, like, listen, there's a lot of excitement around the team now with the Kemba trade. you kind of getting off that situation, bringing back a guy. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people who aren't Celtics fans understand it, too. But Al Horford was beloved in Boston. Like, he really was. Like, when he left, it was devastating. And 
he like to this day, like his sister is a fucking nutcase on Twitter, but absolutely loves Boston. Now her tweets are insane. Like some, I'm not going to say some of the things she says because she's like, she, she's, and Anna's crazy. I'll, I'll leave that up to Anna. But like, do I? Do we love her hair? Do we love Al here? Of course. So bring him back is like PR. Like, like let me put it this way, Christian. Ime, Al Horford, moves like that. PR, right? Good PR. Seemed like you're headed in the right direction. Now you got to go out and prove it on the court. That simple. Also, you got other off-season things to work on. One thing I do think Ime will bring here, I think Ime is going to be able to recruit Spurs guys, which I really like. I love the idea. I, they mentioned the Celtics were interested in Kyle Anderson earlier in the year, or earlier in the off-season. I love that idea. Patty Mills is someone I really want on this team. Now, listen, Christian, you brought up Alec Burks. He's another guy. I'm sure Ime is not connected to him. I mean, I know he's really, he's in-laws with Tatum, I think. But the point is that, Christian, from a C's fan's perspective, we just wanted any excitement. Last year was awful, and it's good to put that behind. I was I, I didn't put a lot of last year on Brad Stevens, but it seems like there were – he just seems like he tried to be tougher on the team you know, try to get the most out of him. And that's not really his personality. He's more of a player's guy. And maybe Ime is that guy that'll push us to that next level. Second, third round, finals if we're lucky. Probably not. But, you know, but just build the Celtics back up to give yourself a chance at Bradley Beal to convince Tatum to stay. And maybe more than anything, most importantly, to win. And Ime will be at the Olympics, so he's going to work with Tatum a lot. So, I'm excited about that. That's really all I got to say about Ime. You know, my main point on the Celtics hire is that, like, last, just comparing it to last year, the moves they made this offseason are just, like, low-key moves, which are good. You know, you get rid of you get rid of Kemba, who obviously that contract is terrible, and you needed to move him because the cap was going to hit. You know, uh, you get rid of Danny Ainge. He retires. He has to go. Let's be yes. real. He yes. did. And then, like, then listen, I'm with you. At, at this point, like, there are so many rumors now since he's left, but the one that's consistent is that the players didn't like him. And if that's the case, you got to take the hype. Exactly. And and at the end of the day, like, listen, yes, he won a championship. Yes, you know, 2008 was a great year for you guys, but that was goddamn, what, 13 years ago? Times have changed. You know, he... He built good rosters, but they never got far enough. So, you know, you, you give Brad Stevens a chance, and, you know, I, I, I'm i a little iffy on that. We'll see what he does. You know, maybe he'll be a great GM, but he's it's still a guy within the organization, and Brad was a pretty good coach. So the moves the Celtics had made this offseason have been low-key, and that's good. And it's similar to kind of like what happened uh, two years ago when you guys were coming off of – of getting destroyed by the Bucks, Kyrie leaves, you bring in Kemba, and you guys make a deep playoff run almost to the NBA Finals. I feel like you guys are going to have that kind of bounce back. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done, though, but if I'm Boston, I like what they've done so far. You know, you still have Tatum and Brown. Obviously, they were very important and vocal in the decision of the head coach and maybe the GM's decision of, of hiring Brad. And obviously, there's a good rapport there because obviously Brad Stevens was their head coach. So, you know, things things at that standpoint look good. Now the execution has to be on the roster, and we'll see what they do. But 
the 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 main thing that was lacking from this team this year was obviously the depth. Like you guys just had no depth. Tristan Thompson was garbage. Uh, I hope Jeff, he's gone. He has to be. I mean, Jeff Teague was terrible. I I, I can't uh, like semi Ojale really. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my like, god. He's <laughs> that 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 thing yesterday on Teeth Reddit where he's like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, please anywhere but here. <laughs> nice guy. Bye, dude. No, I, I don't want him anywhere near this team. <laughs> but, but I mean, listen. The Al Horford deal is okay, I guess. You know, it's he's a great locker room leader, great veteran, and um, he'll definitely help. And again, his contract is much better than Kemba's. So again, you're playing for 2022. Brad has already done a good job of building it's for the future. Guaranteed, by the way, next year too. So That's if you good. Want it, yeah, yeah, that 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 will give you more flexibility. But also, it I read somewhere too, it gives you even more flexibility to resign Evan Fournier. So if you wanted to, right. my guess is what my uh, my guess is that they're not going to just like totally save for a max slot at the cost of the team. My guess is they're probably the idea with Beal as a sign and trade, but I don't know. I I can't tell you that. Well, we we don't know, right? We're gonna have to wait till twenty twenty two for that decision. But yep. ultimately, you know that like I said, the Celtics and you know you and I you and I have mentioned this numerous times on the podcast. You guys have done the hard part. You have two stars. You know, are they? Uh, is Tatum an alpha, and is is he good enough to take a team to the finals? I don't know, because, you know, he hasn't been there. But they're two pretty damn good players. You would expect that they're going to keep developing. And um, I just think, you know, the roster needs desperately a point guard and some depth. And, uh, you know, getting a Patty Mills maybe on, like, a veteran minimum, getting an Alec Burks who had a really good season for the Knicks, getting some other guys like Kyle Anderson, I feel like would be a perfect fit he kind of fits that like gordon haywood facilitating still could score role so you know compared to other teams like the mavericks who are just a complete shit show and disaster and i'm shocked that luca hasn't demanded a trade you guys are in good shape it just really comes down to executing on the court you know it's it's not that complicated like in this league, you like you said, every well, I mean, before every year, like nothing's guaranteed. Every year is different. Things change. You got to go out and win. End of story. Um, now, I, I think this is a, the Allison Feaster thing, by the way, is really interesting because yeah, like I said, I don't really know a lot about her. I know she was hired like a few years ago uh, from Harvard, but. Yeah, no, it's just we got the hard part done. It's now about building a roster. Like you said, Brad was a coach. So, and and listen, I don't think players dislike Brad Stevens. To make it clear, I think what it came down to was it's like you said, tuning him someone out. I just think that's kind of what happened. He's been the coach for eight years. You know, it's like for a lot of, he's been the C's coach for eight years. You know, it, it, it's like sometimes that voice grows stale. Sometimes you need a new guy like Udoka. Now, Udoka's got to prove himself, too. But the point right. is, is that my goals for next year, personally, Christian, mm-hmm. minimum second round, minimum top four seed. I think those are very feasible. Yes. I, I think those are very plausible if you go out there and build the team. Like I said, I mentioned Patty Mills. I really want him on the mid-level. Uh, Tristan Thompson can be exiled from this team because that dude was out during COVID giving everybody COVID and giving our star COVID. 
we can all agree he's an idiot. We all know then. Yeah, he really is. Um, he had one good game, and that was against the Nets in game three in the game we won, uh, where he actually looked like Cavs Thompson, where he was like a legitimate player. Uh, but like you said, Danny made bad moves. Tegan Thompson didn't work out. We lost Gordon Hayward and didn't replace him with Fournier until like two-thirds into the season. And But that's another, yeah, Fournier. I think that's pretty much the biggest offseason question I have left for the team. I think they're going to keep him, but I don't really know what the deal is going to be. Like you figure with all these moves now, they have a lot more money to spend to not go deep into the luxury tax. We just, by end of story, we just got to build a better roster. We've got to win more games. Period. Yeah. Right, and like, especially because you guys are in the Eastern Conference, like the fucking Knicks were the fourth seed. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 and by the way, speaking of Fournier, I am a little worried you guys will want him, but I don't think you'll spend what it takes. Like, to, I don't think they're gonna want to spend a lot on him. Like, I saw, I saw, you know, a, a free agent I thought from the Knicks would have been interesting was uh, Conley, but on like a one year uh, deal, on like a oh, one year deal. Okay. You know what? I think I think what the Knicks are gonna do is kind of what they did this year, which is. Just, you know, kind of keep doing one-year deals until, like, the free agency class is good. You know, you're obviously hearing the rumors about Dame, hearing the rumors about Luka, maybe. I'm not going to really buy into those, and I don't think the Knicks are going to overpay for players yet. Hopefully they don't. Um, but <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you know, the best bet is, you know, just go after solid veterans for another year, keep building the young guys, and maybe... For me personally, I'd say, you know, RJ has to show me in year three that he's going to be a great player. Because if he's just going to be like a borderline good to okay player, then you got to maybe try to move him and package him for a star player. Yeah, like it, it's just it, the point is there are a lot of avenues now with the Kemba deal and getting out on that. And with, with the Knicks and you got so much cap space. But like you said, like with this free agent class, like, I personally, I, I've said it. If it were me, I wouldn't spend on Lonzo. I think he's a contract year guy. I think he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna fall off next year. If I were the Knicks, I would aim. But like I said, if I were the Knicks, I go to Conley, I go to Lowry, offer them huge one, two year deals, see if they take it. If not, like you said, keep building up that potential asset base for a star. Like you said, Damian Lillard. That could potentially come up. We can transition to the the Blazers in a second and kind of the backlash that came with the Bill Tire. But um, the, the you know Beal guys like that, you know, like Luca is somehow if he doesn't sign that huge money extension. Um, yeah, no, the Knicks and the Celtics have a lot more. Well, the Knicks have a lot more flexibility than we do, but like. But you guys we, have the stars. We have the stars. We, we just got to get it done on the court. We can't have anything close to last year. You know, like last year was a disaster. It was it just didn't go well at all. And we needed to change things. And we've already done it in a big way, you know, with Brad. Hopefully Brad is kind of like one thing I never questioned with Brad Stevens, or at least I hope I won't question now. And so far he hasn't made me question it, is that he's smart. Like he is absolutely smart. Like, that net series, that adjustment he made, like setting screens with your back to the ball because the net's switching, and that allowed to get us to get it like 18, 19 offensive rebounds against the Nets in game three. Like that was genius. Like it really was. Like he definitely thinks the game well. He definitely seems like a very nice guy. I uh, mean, and like so, like players do like him, even if he wasn't a coach, you know, that they wanted anymore. But 
But if he can keep up a good basketball mind, we could bring in some guys here and make, you know, somewhat of a run at it next year. Then the franchise looks much better, you know, much more appealing. So whether or not you get a free agent or not. So it's, it really just comes down to that. Udoka, I like the hire. I think he's, I think, you know, he is a first year head coach. So, so there's always going to be some question marks there. We don't know what he's going to be like, but I think Udoka definitely has potential to be great. I think it could be very good hire. Doesn't have the baggage that Phillips had. So, you know, let's go. Let's just get on the court and, you know, the Olympics coming up, he'll be there with Tatum. So I'm sure they'll talk a lot and let's see what happens, I guess. I mean, there's really nothing else to be said with that um, personally. But, uh, yeah, no, I like the direction we're going. I definitely do. I, th- I think next year could be very good, but, you know, you all, you never know. So we'll see. I, I hope I hope we win more next year. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm. I'm, I will say it with a knocking on wood. I'm sure we will win more than next year and not be a 500 team. I hope. Uh, so the Blazers. Oh, boy. <laughs> so the Blazers are Chauncey Billups. Now, to make it clear, Chauncey Billups, as a coach, could be great. But that's not really been the story since they've hired him. So, Chauncey gets hired. Blazers fans freak out because of the rape allegation, which I said was going to happen. Which are valid, too. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. If you read the story, from what I read, the meta- by the way, another thing about the Bills thing is that rape allegation happened in Boston, too. So, and if you look at the actual, like, med- the medical examiner said it's pretty definitive that it happened. It's not good. And and since that has happened, you have Dane getting blamed and saying he might leave. You have uh, – Bla- I read Blazers employees, female employees went to the organization were upset. You have Neil Olshay and, you know, who's an idiot, you know, kind of running around being like, well, you just got to believe us. And I, th- I read somewhere they claim he was an FBI investigator. And it was just – it's a mess. No other way to say it. In Portland. Um, but can Chauncey Bills be good? Maybe. I mean, I think if Dame's around, I think he will be. I, I think that Dame report was almost like a warning shot. You know? It's like, we got one year to fix this. If not, I'm out. Right. So, my personal opinion, um, I think is to just listen. So, let's just look at that aside for a second. Aside from the whole off-the-court stuff. Chauncey's been coaching for one year, but he did coach on a good staff. So he could feasibly get more out of the Blazers than Stotts. My question for him as a coach, like he's on the court, is he was very smart as a point guard, but is he going to do this? Is he going to make the same mistakes others have made? Jason Kidd and um, Isaiah Thomas and like, these guys, like, you think they see the game really well, and then they kind of implement stuff from, like, the 80s or the 90s that doesn't work. Feasibly, that could happen here. I don't think it's going to. I actually think Chauncey's going to be good as a coach um, for the Blazers. I mean, their roster is a joke, but outside of Damian. But 
I don't know what they're going to do. Like it, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough question mark here. Um, my so I, I guess my point is is that discounting the off the court stuff, it's not a bad hire at all, and it kept Dame healthy. With the off the court stuff, you're going to have a lot of question marks during the season. That actually could rally the team a little bit in a way. I think like I'm not saying like they're going to dislike the fans, but it's going to be like an us against the world thing. Like when the Jailblazers were, you know, in the early 2000s, no one really liked them, but they were a fucking great team. And I mean, I mean, they were getting arrested for weed and shit. So it's like, who cared? You know, who cares? But like, they, they, the Blazers are in a bad spot. They, they got to get something out of next year to convince Dane to stay. Is Bill the guy? I think it's possible. I think he's got a good demeanor as a coach. Um, but. You with these allegations, it's kind of tough to, it's kind of tough to see. And then also, I want to say too, maybe I'm going to sound like an idiot in a year, and Udoka is going to suck. But I don't get why they didn't go after Udoka more. I felt like such a natural fit. Like he played for the Blazers. He's from Portland, I read. And also, he wants to bring Damon Stoudemire. Where was Damon Stoudemire great? Portland. Portland. Like it just seems like such an obvious fit. I don't know, Christian. Go ahead. That, 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 I think they should have looked at Udoka a lot more than they did. Uh, you know, Portland is just a, a cursed franchise, aren't they? <laughs> they really are, man. Like, like, like they won a championship in 1977, right? And then they're and then uh, fucking Luke Walton or no, Bill was it Bill Walton that that was their best player? Bill. Right, Bill, Bill yeah, gets Bill. hurt. He has numerous injuries, kind of ruins his career. Not ruins it, but you know. He didn't really live up to the hype of what he was. Yeah, the last the last championship he won was the '86 Celtics, but he was a right. shell. I mean, he was great off the bench, but he was off the bench nine years after being a Finals MVP. So exactly. Then let's fast forward to the early two. You got the Jailblazers just coming up short against the Lakers. Obviously, you know the Lakers cheated, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, he's going to cover that. <laughs> but but. Then they get Brandon Roy, and then he has fucking knee problems, and they had a chance to draft Kevin Durant, and they take Greg Oded, and, he, and that's just obviously just that. Just in general, the Blazers have had no luck. They've been a cursed franchise. And Damian Lillard falls in their laps, and they get this kid who who probably one of the best – he is one of the best players in the league, one of the most respected players in the league because – he never hopped ship, joined anybody, played for, played to win cheap championship rings. But they just haven't been able to put a good team around him. And I always feel like the Blazers have a good team on paper, right? I mean, I looked at it this year. I was like, okay, so you got Melo coming off the bench. You got you got freaking Gary Trent coming off the bench. You have Dame. You're obviously not a fan, Nick, of CJ McCollum, but I think he's an okay player, right? You got Cancer. You got Nurkic coming back from an injury. I'm always... I always think, oh, they traded for Covington, right? I'm always thinking, like, all right, they have good pieces. You know, they should make a deep playoff run. And then every year just doesn't work. And the players end up sucking. And they end up failing miserably. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's just come down to this point where it's like, you got to just, you have to do something big, right? I don't know if the Chauncey Billups move is going to work. I don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. I don't know. And you're right, Nick. A lot of NBA players who become coaches don't end up become don't end up being good coaches because they see the game in a different perspective. Maybe I don't know. I look at all the coaches, like you said, from the nineties, the the great nineties guards who are were coaches. Now Jason Kidd sucks. He's terrible. 
We'll see what Chauncey does. Isaiah Thomas was absolutely a debacle as a general manager as well, as well as a coach. You know, I don't know. I really don't know where Portland goes from here. You know, I think their biggest, the biggest thing they can do this year is trade CJ. But what are you going to get for CJ? They have a lot of questions. Ben you know, Simmons. Well, no, maybe. that's not going to happen. But that, I, but that, that doesn't get them over the hump either because Ben Simmons sucks. You know yeah. what do you you know what do you do with Nurkic? You know, do you trade him because like, he's like a good player, but he's Apparently not really he's like that with his role too. That's what I read. There's a lot of questions in Portland. To me, this looks like this looks like what Orlando is now <laughs> in like two years. <laughs> I think they're getting ready to just completely tank, and I think everybody will be gone on this team in a couple of years. I don't know when Dame is going to leave. I don't know what team he's going to go to. I don't know who's going to want to trade for Dame. You know, I think a lot of teams will be interested. Obviously, he's a great player, uh, but he is 31, so there's that. But we'll see. I, I think, I think you know, like you said, Nick, I think it's a one-year thing here. It's like, we'll, let, let's see what you got. And if we can't get past the first round, if we don't get to the NBA Finals at least, I'm out of here. That's what Dame is probably telling them. And, you know, it's it's like – it's just, it's just, but, but it, listen, let me put it this way. Portland is terrible luck. I feel bad for their fan base. They don't deserve shit like that. But like, it is like a, some of it's self-inflicted. Like, like, look, Neil Olshay, their GM sucks. Like, I'm sorry. He does. He's, he's a really bad GM. He's made bad moves and is still employed. I don't get why they haven't fired him at this point. It's really baffling, but I think, I just think, like, it's like you said, you got to get to, like, the conference finals, maybe, like, Dame. They have before. (laughs) Yeah, I know, it's like, Dame has given you so many chances, like, he is basically begging you, you know, to give you, to give him a team. Now, the Billup shit, like, it's a tough thing, it's like. Now he's upset at the fans for want, for him wanting Chauncey and blaming him for that because of Billups' past. How fair is that? I mean, it's not his job to vet them, but he probably was aware of it, or, or maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Like, point is, is that like? But you know what? Like, listen. Obviously, Chauncey Billups did it, and he's it's it's. It's terrible that he did that, but he was apologetical, and he's probably done a lot to 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 right that ship. And I think everybody deserves a chance, right? Right. And they said, and someone said, I will say this. Someone said, it, my my, my bro, the brother actually said it best. Why are people making a big deal out of this now? Because he's going to be a head coach. Like when he was being, remember the GM of the Cavs thing, the president of the Cavs, he was offered. No one was making a big deal about it then, and. But now it, it's in a market. I think it's the fact it's also the market it's in. It, it's like it, it is getting brought up, you know? Right. Like, and listen, we're not, and you know, we're not trying to say like it's not a big deal because obviously it is a big deal. And he was, of course, he was accused of it and he was, you know, uh, found guilty. He, he, he uh, settled in civil court, but still, you're right. Like, what? Why is this? Why is this a thing now? You know, it's just a little strange. 
it's it's just it, it, it. But the point is, overall, it's a bad situation in Portland. Yeah, it's it's a hot mess, basically. Yeah, like there's just like Damian Lillard, the most loyal superstar. Uh, it just it it just like it. it He's the one that wants out. But that's a bad sign. Like, Neil Olshay, the fact that he's still employed is insane to me. Like you said, CJ, what are you going to do with him? Like, Covington, Nurkic. Like, there's – I don't really see where they go. They better hope Billups is the guy that gets them – that gets them that far. These have not – then Dave's gone, whether it's to New York, whether it's to – Philly, Boston, fucking Utah, I don't know. You know, like, it could be anywhere. And because, I mean, let's be real. Most teams are going to want him. Absolutely. Yeah, most teams are going to want him. He's a top 10 player, arguably. And a guy who's no drama, too, which is, like, the best to have on your team. Like, a no drama star like that is very rare. So, I think, yeah, no, it's just a bad situation a hot mess um and by the way i okay so to transition the one hire i forgot to i just kind of want to comment on it briefly because it's not like a major team doing it but a hire uh that also happens rick carlisle to the pacers so let me make this and then jason kidd jason kidd too we can talk about the mavericks and their dysfunction a little bit too i guess so i'll just say it briefly uh the Pacers getting Rick Carlisle is a great hire. He is a, I don't care what people say, he's one of my favorite coaches ever. I think what he did in the 2011 finals, people Incredible. say, oh, he's lived off that. No, he that was legendary coaching. Legendary. Um, it's just what he did, um, what he did, for that team was incredible. Yes, he hasn't won a playoff series in a decade. That's too long, but he's also given horrible rosters. And like you said, Christian, as we've seen, the Mavs are stupid. So it's not like they're doing, you know, it's not like they're doing him any favors. So. And Kristaps Porzingis sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how you always like to just, get that in. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I got to throw my jab. get the Porzingis yeah, And you want to know what? <laughs> They might be screwed, and they might be stuck with them. I, I said the possibility for a trade this summer was Al Horford for Porzingis because Al Horford is like Porzingis, but he's more consistent. He's a better teammate. His contract's not as bad, even though he's he's old. But, like, Kristaps, like, yeah, but, yeah, okay, I'll get to Matt in a sec. So, overall, A-plus job by the Pacers. I think it's a great hire. I don't think they're going to go anywhere as a team, but I think it's a great hire. I think, you know, the Pacers, I, I will predict this. With Rick Carlisle, the Pacers will be back in the playoffs next year. I think oh, that's a for fair. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair prediction. Like, I think they're they're a solid enough team. They're a solid enough roster. They're still a treadmill team, but props to them getting Rick Carlisle. They paid out the ass for. I saw the contract it was like four years thirty. Like that's crazy. Oof. But it's Rick Carlisle. I mean, he's a great coach. Championship winning head coach. I said it before. It seemed like the Celtics were invested on getting an African-American head coach. But if we weren't, I would have loved Rick Carlisle for this team. I thought he would have been like, I, I get it. He's got, he's kind of similar to Brad, but I think he's kind of known as someone like Luca didn't like him because of how hard he was. 
But I think we need a guy like that in terms of, you know, being harder on the team when they make mistakes, having more accountability. Um, but yeah, you know, so great hire by the Pacers. Christian, do you have anything to add on the Pacers part? Or are we going to get to the Mavs? No, let's get to the Mavs. I mean, listen, okay. the Pacers are a treadmill team still, but good hire. I think that, I think the guy who's going to benefit the most from Rick Carlisle will be Sabonis. I think yeah, we're going to see him have Carlisle's insane offense. numbers. Yeah, Ooh. Sabonis. Sabonis will be an all-star next year if he stays healthy. I, I can almost guarantee that. He is he and Carlisle's offense is gonna be awesome. Um now the map. <laughs> oh dear God. I can't believe Jason Kidd got another job. I've said it before, but this is the same guy who couldn't get out of the first round with Giannis. How in the hell can you expect this guy? to be any better like he sucks end of story the defense he ran for against uh against the celtics in that playoff series that no no that, that was prunty he got fired this season the defense he ran against the raptors the year before is a glorified 3-2 zone that doesn't work their offense is all isos there's no movement He's a shitty coach. Like, I'm sorry. He's a shit coach. You're going from Rick Carlisle to kid. How in the hell? Maybe it'll make them better because Luca will like him more. But it's going to cost them. Just like Doc Rivers cost Philly, it's going to be worse with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd sucks. He shouldn't have been hired. This new general manager hire. I mean, he's a Nike executive. How the fuck are you supposed to know how he's gonna do? He's never ran an NBA like an NBA front office job in his life. So I mean, it's, now it's, does he have does he have like the player connects like a Leon Rose did and like the apparently like, yes like the but, Warriors but, GM too. Leon Rose is in the business. Leon yeah. Rose was an agent, so he knows the deal when it comes to negotiating contract. I said at the time when the Knicks hired Leon Rose, I thought it was a good hire. As long as Dolan do what he, you know, stayed away, which he did his first year. What has this guy done? Like in the, like he, he he negotiated a Nike meeting where you know Steph Curry he said his step on Curry when it's just Steph Curry, and you know you got like I, I read somewhere that he rehabilitated Kobe's image after the rape case, like. It, it's out of the box. I'll give them that. But, like, is he really going to fix a team with Luca? I don't really know. I mean, he just feels like a Hail Mary hire, to be honest. You know? You, you know what? The Mavericks, we got to call out Mark Cuban, right? I mean, he, he sucks. Gets, he sucks. That's exactly. We, he sucks. Go ahead. And, and you know what? The thing is, people have been saying, oh, how he changed the Mavericks. And you know what? The Mavericks were good in the early 2000s. But guess what? They only won one championship. They have one championship with Dirk Nowitzki. They should have won at least three or four with Dirk. He was that generational of a player. I'm sorry. Mark Cuban doesn't know what he's doing. And he's wasting Luka Doncic's career. It's only been two years. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you look at this roster, right? First of all, they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Like, why? Yeah, that was... We need, like, listen, their current GM, I agree, he's not perfect. I mean, he's been with the organization for a long time. Donnie Nelson, right? 23 uh, years. But that trade was terrible. 
Now you had the story, you know, the pro gambler kind of being the shadow GM. Did he okay this? Like possibly. Yeah, like Vulgaris isn't. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but like this is a dysfunctional franchise. I can't blame Luca for being upset. He shouldn't turn down 200 million. He'd be an idiot to do that. But yeah, but you know what? He can make one. He can make 150 and still get the endorsement deals and still make the 200 that he can with another team. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah, like, like you know what? In the in the era that we're in, a power player empowerment and shit, it's like, hey, there's more avenues. The, the the league thought that hey, these supermax deals would keep players on their teams, but the thing is, no, because there's other avenues that they have to make money. So it's like, well, I don't really have to take this deal if my team sucks. And if you're Luca, why in the fuck would you stay with the Mavericks at this point in time? I mean, I mean they're you're, terrible. I mean, exactly. Like, here's what we said about, like I said. When I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we had a bad season. We've had two bad seasons, 18-19 in this year with Jason Tatum. But at least we've won with him, and we listened to him. Like, like you could tell we listened. I, I hope at least – I mean, Danny's gone now. But, like, I hope at least we listened to him. Like, he – what did we do this summer, right? First thing we did, hey, Tatum, who do you want as coach? I want – Ime Udoka. All right, that's who we're hiring. You know, like, the point is, when it comes to superstars in the NBA, it's so tough nowadays to keep them. And you got to do whether or not Tatum stays, whether or not Luka stays. God, I hope Tatum stays. Like, you got to do what keeps them happy. Exactly. You got, I get it that Luka didn't love Carlisle, but Jason Kidd is worse. Sucks. Like, he sucks. I, I I saw a bunch of people. I'm on a Celtics Discord, like a Celtics fan Discord, and they're all like, well, Jason Kidd, you know, can relate to players. I'm like, guys, stop justifying this. This is a bad hire. Like, I saw Mavs fans smartly saying this is a downgrade, and those were saying, oh, for those that wanted Rick Carlisle fired, here you go. We're hiring Jason Kidd. Like, but the what biggest, but the biggest, okay. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. And back in twenty nineteen, we all thought it was a hell of a deal for the Mavericks, Porzingis. But my God, that has backfired on them horribly. And especially the Awful fact that they deal. gave him. And now, listen, he was coming off an ACL injury with the Knicks. And again, I'm not trying to say the Knicks won that trade because you know we don't know. We still don't know, right? But they gave him the max. After his ACL injury, <laughs> like they didn't even uh, give him a year. Yeah. they didn't even give him a year to to like see maybe maybe we shouldn't give this guy maybe, let's give him a, like a trial run before we get we throw thirty million dollars a year at him. They were just like, no, we're gonna you're you're our number two guy. He tore his ACL, and and you know a normal player like a normal basketball player could survive that. They have survived that, but Porzingis is, you know, the lankier, bigger guys who use their athleticism like he does, they don't recover from an injury like that. And you can see he hasn't. He's not really the same player he was in New York. And they threw up, they threw $158 million at him. <laughs> what are they doing? Like, listen, Porzingis in the bubble, I think we can all agree, that was the peak of his time with the Mavs. And he looked and great. And But, the, but the, the, like you said, like the risk of giving him that money was he's built like – like a like he's skinny as shit for a big man, and 
his style of play is kind of susceptible to injuries and and he doesn't and get you know better what? either. Mavs, he's never he's never got listen, better. Nico and like you said, yeah, yep. And this year he was bad. Clearly didn't look healthy. Bad defense. One dimensional game. This guy Nico Harrison, he's got a big, big, you know, decision. Well, I mean, no, he's the decision's obvious. Trade him, but like, well, like what do you get for him? Listen, I said before, Al Horford for them would have been pretty good. You know, considering like you still get a stretch big, and I know Al Horford extremely well. Like I said, like he was with the Celtics. He's back with the Celtics now. One thing I can tell you about uh, two things I can say about Al Horford. He's a professional, number one. He will always put the team first. He never complains publicly. The dude hated, I can tell you this for a fact, hated Kyrie Irving, despised him, you know, in that last year. You want to know what he did after the season, Christian? He congratulated oh. Kyrie for making the all-NBA team. Too humble. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a pro. You know, like he never will do anything that doesn't put the team first. And Al, Al for them could have been good. He could have given Luca like, like Al's a great passer too, versatile player. Yeah, he's not, he's obviously old, but the point is that he could have given you like prime Al Horford next to Luca is perfect, but he could have given you a versatile player that Luca could have played off really well. Like, like you saw Isaiah Thomas really benefited from Al Horford in the pick and roll. Yeah. And being his release valve. Um, and like, but with this poor Zingas thing, it's like, now what the hell do you do? He's got three years left on his deal. He's getting oh. paid a gazillion dollars. He's injury prone. He's clearly not what he used to be. I mean, they're stuck. I mean, they mentioned Kawhi to the Mavs. They better get him because if not, what the hell are they going to do? Like, yeah, but you look at the Mavericks' history of getting free agents. They never get them. So I highly doubt he's going to go there. Let's be I honest. Agree. I'd be pretty surprised. I honestly think the Knicks make more sense and are a better fit for him than the Mavs. Like the Mavs, like they're like, oh, Nico Harrison knows him. So, <laughs> like, Leon, yeah, you you know what, Leon like, Rose knows everybody. Like, but, it's, yeah, but you know, look at the look at the Mavs roster. It listen, the Knicks roster is not is not sexy either. But you but you look at it and if you're Kawhi, let's say again, this is all hypotheticals. Would you rather play with Luca and a bunch of like terrible? I don't want I don't want to insult him completely, but it would if you're Kawhi, would you play with Luca, who obviously is a great player, injury prone Porzingis, Bogdanov, uh, Marjanovic? You're gonna have to play with Dorian Finney-Smith, Willie Cauley-Stein, Josh Richardson, or would you rather play with Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, maybe Derrick Rose? You know, I don't know. And and you're gonna be playing in New York versus Dallas, where you know if you want somebody there with you, it'll be much easier, I think, to get that guy there versus Dallas. You know? Yeah. Now, like, listen, precarious positions. A lot of these teams, the NBA changes, though. They could they, listen. Jason Kidd may be relatable to Luca. Maybe he gets the most out of him. But like you said, Christian, when the hire happened, these me and you were talking about this, and we were trashing it as we should. Like, you hired Dirk as a consultant. Good. Dirk seems like a smart guy. What is his first suggestion? Hire Jason Kidd. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, like, yeah, like. I can't even begin to tell you, like, there are so many better candidates. They had one internally, Jamal Mosley, who I've read about, who seems very qualified, you know, and Luca loved him. You could, could have hired Sam Cassell. You could have hired Darvin Ham, any of these guys, like Becky Hammond. Yeah, oh, De yeah, Kenny. The Becky Hammond, 
Kara, I don't think Kara Lawson wants to be an NBA coach. I think Kara Lawson wanted to be an NBA coach. She would have been hired by the Celtics, but she, I think she wants to stay in uh, call. At least her right. job for now. But like, there's by so the many way, tenants. this is Porzingis's cap hit for the next three years. You ready for this? Yeah. Next go ahead. year. Next year, $31 million. 2022, 2023, 33 million. 2023 oh. to 2024, 36 million. Is that, that flat or a player option? Uh, what's, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, no, it's, I think it's just flat. Okay. And then he'll be a free agent in 2024 at the age of 29. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is a player option. No question. Well, he has to. So, but what a disaster. Like, I listen, the Mavs and, have a golden opportunity here. They have a generational player who is going to be on a contract, assuming he's not turning this. If he turns this down, oh, my God. I doubt it now, but, like. No, I see him. Uh, listen. You think he's turning it down? Well, here's another thing that we haven't talked about. He's just watched Trey Young get to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, people for people for the last two years have said that that was a stupid trade for the for the Hawks. They should have kept Luca. Well, he just got to the Eastern Conference Finals with a decent roster. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, you know. And if to you're be fair, Luka, we were shitting on the Hawks for being bad. And then this year they turn around. So again, in the NBA, right. it's a year well, by you year know what, thing. Right. But you know what? Last year there was some people who thought that with the young team they had, they had a chance of being like the eighth seed, and they just didn't live up to the expectations. And I think their their wind like we were we were too ahead of them on the schedule. Like this was their year where they were going to make some noise, maybe, or like at Especially least get to with the, playoffs. the signings they made too. Right, right. But you know what? Like if you're the Mavericks, priority number one should be like, what are we doing to retain Luca? Because you're right. He's not just a generational player. He might be the best player in the league in the next two years. He might already be one of the best. He's probably top five right now, right? We probably put Luke. Yeah, yeah I, I, he, he, if he's not top five, he's right outside the top five. Exactly. And again, I'll go back to Dirk. In his 20 years there, they went to two finals. They had a generational player. It's the, the Mavericks have pissed away generational players. <laughs> okay, so... You know, if you're Luca, you look at that, maybe you say, hey, I don't see myself being successful here. Why the fuck would I stay with this team? And there could be numerous teams that could want him. And I'm not even just saying the Knicks. He could go to any team and make them good, and they could be good. It's freaking Luka Doncic. You don't think teams are going to want him? So the Mavericks, they have to get it right like how Portland has to get it right. Because if they don't, they're going to lose the one thing that they have going for them, and they're going to be a shit show for the next five years. Plus. Like, beyond, man. Like, it's going to be... If 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 either team... Like, if Portland loses Dame, if uh, the Mavs lose Luka even more, that team's not going to be good for six, seven years at minimum. I mean, like, it. that's a guy... You know, like... By the way, Giannis is doubtful for game one, so I guess he's going to be out game one. Well, if you're the Ooh. Suns, you got to go out there and win it. Right. Uh, for sure, but like it, it, it's it, it, it's just such a like it's such an interesting like like the fact that like nowadays players like you said we haven't even mentioned Zion with the Pelicans album because that hasn't yeah. been filled yet. 
But like guys nowadays, now, like you said, somewhat of it, the player empowerment era is a little much and you're like, come on, be patient. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could just kind of see like player relationships matter. You know, these guys like Luca, especially Damon, you know, some of these, you know, these guys can get very frustrated and I think, I just think like they need, you need to get the right people. Like, like get, like you said, you need to build the rosters the right way. And like, okay. So I guess like this long winded kind of rant I'm on is what I'm saying. The point is, is that the Mavs have, have some role players that I like Kleber, Fanny Smith. These are decent players. All of them. Kristoff Porzingis is a disaster. Like you said, three years left, terrible cap hits, awful. All of them. All those numbers just like they make you cringe. Um, who else? Uh, who am I forgetting? Well, they, have to, they have Josh to pay Richardson Tim Hardaway. For Curry was oh, awful. Terrible. Awful. Like that trade, the minute that trade happened, I, I, my older brother, Josh, who's the biggest Seth Curry fan in the world, was pissed. He was like, they let Philly get Seth Curry for nothing, and he was right. Josh Richardson is going to be a free agent. Do you even keep him? I don't. I wouldn't personally. Like, it, it's just such a like. The Mavs just did a poor job. They better hope that this upcoming the, the this upcoming year that Jason Kidd uh, is changed because if not like you said luke is gone in a few years regardless of what happens i I give luca i give him two or three years if nothing changes and they continue to suck before he's like get me out of here so with these stars you gotta appease them i don't think the maps like you like you said with especially with the christophs trade i don't think they've done a good job period you know like portland same thing it's tough to win in the NBA, but the bad decisions are bad decisions. And yet these executives, they keep their jobs or they hire freaking Nike executives. Like what? Like so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you got anything to add, Christian? That's all I got. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of these teams with the stars treating them badly, I guess. Because in the Celtics this year, we're no exception with how Danny built this roster. I mean, listen, I like this. Well, no, well, I've dealt with so much dysfunction. I know the pain. I know the feeling. (laughs) But I mean, if you are, but especially, you know, the Pelicans, the Mavericks and the Blazers, you have generational players. If you lose them, you're fucked. So you have to do everything in your power to keep them because, like we said, these players don't have a problem leaving. So we'll see what happens, you know. True. I guess we'll see what happens. I so I, I think that'll do it um, for the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Novay. Thanks for listening.